If you would, please join me in our scripture reading today. If you brought your Bible, open it up. If you didn't bring your Bible, there's one in front of you. If you're at home, I know you own one. Statistics say there's something in your home. So go grab it, open up to the book of Ephesians. That's in the New Testament. We're going to be in chapter 5. So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 8. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 5 beginning at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedients do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I remember um, growing up, I was the oldest of four children, and we spent quite a bit of time in the pediatrician's office. And, and that wasn't because any of the kids were particularly ill. It just meant with four kids, you know, even just the well-child visits got us into the office at least four times a year. And my dad worked outside the home, and my mom took care of us at home. And so that meant that every time any of us had a doctor appointment, we all had to go with. And all four kids and the small little, like, pray for my mom still. I'm sure it was a scarring experience every time. But, but we actually were good. And, and the reason we were good, and we didn't mind going, was because if you were good at the doctor's office, and not just for the child that was there with an appointment, what they told you was that you would be invited to take one toy out of the treasure box that sat underneath the counter where mom would write the check and make the next appointment. And so, of course, this was a good thing, and we always loved going to the doctor's office, and I was the oldest, so, of course, I was bigger, stronger, and faster than the other kids, and I would run out of the appointment, and I would run to the treasure box, and I would always be the first in line, and I would get down on my knees, and I would throw open the box, and I would immediately start feverishly digging through all of the toys, hoping to find something really cool. And I would start to flip through like, you know, there was always like stickers and tattoos and, and, and gumballs and those bouncy balls and, and those, little, those little airplanes, you know, that you could get in a gumball machine for like a quarter. Like it was always that stuff. And I was always digging through, hoping that I would find something 
awesome, something different than what I had seen in the box in the past. And if you're not familiar, you probably are, with the hierarchy of toys in the pediatrician's treasure box, at the top of the list is not one toy, but it's anything that glows in the dark, right? Like, that's going to be the coolest thing that you can possibly find. And so, if it, maybe it was a plane, maybe it would be a bouncy ball, but if anything I found had that light green, somewhat translucent glow to it, then I would grab it, and immediately I would cut my hands, and I would try to look and see if it really glowed in the dark. And every kid knows, of course it didn't glow in the dark, right? Because anything that glows in the dark, in order to glow in the dark, it needs to sit in the what? Lights, right? And it's been in the dark treasure box. And so you just assume, you know, sometimes they'd have a sticker on it and say glow in the dark. And so you knew that's what it did. And so I'd shove it in my pocket. We'd get in the minivan. We'd go home. And the first thing I would do is I would take out that toy. I'd find the brightest lamp in our house. And I would put it underneath the lamp. And if it had that sticker that said glow in the dark, usually underneath it would have some instructions that would say for best results, leave under a bright light for several hours, which to a kid means about 15 seconds. And so after 15 seconds, you know, you can't take it anymore. I would grab it, and my three younger siblings in tow, right, they would follow me to the interior bathroom of our house with no windows, and we would go into the room, we would close the door, I would turn off the lights, and I would look at my new toy glow, and it was really cool. It was really cool. There's just one problem, though. It never glowed as bright as it was supposed to. And the reason was because I didn't let it sit under the light long enough yet. And so eventually, sometimes it would happen right away, sometimes it would be several days later, I would break down, I would build up my patience, and I would follow directions, and I would leave it under a light all day long until I would go to bed that night. And I would take it with me, I would go to bed, I would put it under the covers, my parents would tuck me in, turn the light off, close the door, and then I would take it out, and I would fall asleep to this bright light shining over me, just thankful and satisfied under the glow of my really cool new toy. My really cool new toy. Well, friends, we started this sermon series at the very beginning of June. A sermon series on what we're calling the fruit of the Spirit. And our heart behind this whole series back then was, was this understanding that I think we can all agree with, even in a world where we can't agree on anything, is, is that we need to see more of the fruits that's described in Galatians chapter 5. We need to see more of all of these things in our lives and in the world around us. Uh, look at Galatians 5 verse 22. Let's read these out loud again just one last time. Hopefully most of you haven't memorized at this point. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, can we all agree that our world at large needs more of all of that in it right now? Show of hands. Can we all agree that our own personal worlds need more of those things, right? All of us can agree with that, I think, right? And arguably, I think we could even make a case 
that some of us, and there are parts in our world that need more of this fruit than the world needed back in June. As we think about the things that are happening in our midst and across the globe right now, we could make a case that this fruit is even more lacking now than when we started this series three months ago. And yet, if we spend another three months preaching through the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those kinds of things, my hunch is it's not going to actually produce any better results. It's not going to actually produce any more of this fruit in our lives than it did three months ago. And the reason is the same problem that I experienced with my really cool glow-in-the-dark toy. The problem isn't that we don't know that we need it. The problem is that the only way to see it is if we spend more time in the light. We need to spend more time in the light. And that's what the Apostle Paul is explaining in our reading today. The Apostle Paul wrote Galatians 5, wrote the list that we know now as the fruit of the Spirit. He also wrote Ephesians, and that's where our reading today comes from. Take a look again at verses 8, and, in 8 9, and 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Not that you have light, but that you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now Paul is combining two different metaphors here. Because light and fruit are connected. Like my glow-in-the-dark toy, fruit cannot grow without light. Fruit cannot grow without light. And Paul is suggesting that those who have come to Jesus, that those who are part of the church, that those of us who know the fruit of the Spirit are those who walked in darkness. We used to walk in darkness, but now we walk in the light of God. And if we walk in the light of God, then we should live as the light of God, which looks like goodness and righteousness and truth. It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And why do we do it? Because it pleases the Lord. We do it because it pleases the Lord. And I read that and I thought to myself, I, I kind of imagine, remember the song, He's got the whole world. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to like mess it up, so I'm going to start while I'm at right? In his hands, right? right? God has big hands, and he's holding the world. And I just imagine God holding the world and looking down at the globe, just like I would look down at that glow-in-the-dark toy and looking at all of the darkness in the world because it hurts his heart too. But I see him smiling when he sees all of the glow-in-the-dark Christians in those dark places. As he cups his hands around the world and he sees that light glowing in so many different places. And yet, I don't know about you, but after three months of this series, I personally am still not pleased with the amount of light that's coming out of my life. I feel like I'm like the toy that sat underneath the, the light source for 15 seconds and I'm still not glowing the way I think Paul says that I was made 
to glow. I feel like if this is really true and if the Spirit lives inside of you and me, there should be even more light radiating out of us, more fruits generating from us, don't you think? And if that's true, and if you agree, then we must still be missing something. There must still be something missing, and Paul's going to explain to us what that missing piece is. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. He says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedience do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. I don't know about you, but when I think of the fruit of the Spirit, one of the reasons the fruit of the Spirit sounded like such a good summer series is it sounds like a summer thing, doesn't it? Like it's when a lot of our fruit is in season, it just kind of lends itself to the season that we're living in. And when I think of of fruit growing in my life, like if I'm going to follow the metaphor, what I often think of is, is I see it glowing and growing in places in my life that look good that are bright. I don't think about fruit growing out of dark places. I don't think of fruit growing out of places that are disobedient or sinful. I think about fruit growing like a seed planted in a beautiful like field that only has grass and only has sun. And, and, and that seed is planted, right? It's planted. God plants it and it's watered and the tree grows. And sure, it needs to be pruned because we all understand that, right? But, but when I think of the fruit of the Spirit growing in my life, I just assume that it's in the middle of a field that's beautiful and it's growing up nice and tall and it's strong and, 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 and after it grows to a certain point, God will allow for all of this fruit to come and, 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 and be born from it in my life. And, and I think that that's the way a lot of us think about it. And I think that's the way a lot of us think about the way that we follow Jesus is supposed to look like. And there's just one problem with that kind of thinking. It's not real. (laughs) Because if my life with God looked like a field, it wouldn't look like that. (laughs) And frankly, I have never seen a field like that. And if I had seen a field that looked like my relationship with God, it would have weeds in it. <laughs> it would probably have quite a few weeds. And not just like the cute weeds, you know, like, like my daughter last week, she's four and is really cute. She, she went and she grabbed dandelions out of Babe Man Park at our outdoor service and she brought them to me right in the middle of my sermon, right? I'm not talking about those. If my field of faith had weeds in it, it would be the pricker weeds that you step on, Right? And then you get a sliver in your foot. Like, that's, that's, that's what it would feel like. My field would get ravaged by storms. My field would have dark clouds covering over it, covering the light. And frankly, sometimes I feel like that's the place where I'm trying to grow fruit from. Can you agree with that? Does the world feel that way sometimes to you? Sometimes... It feels so dark that it's almost like we're trying to grow fruit from underneath a rock. You know, like a big boulder. 
you know, like the kind of boulder that's been sitting on the ground so long that when you peel it back, right, it's heavy and there's nothing growing underneath it anymore except for those, those grimy, crawly bugs that only like to live in the dark and you pull up the rock and it runs, you know, they all run away and there's nothing underneath. All it is is darkness. Here's the thing. You know what Paul's saying? He says, I want you to think of that place in your life that's where I want to grow fruit. That's where I want to grow fruit. That's where I want to bring light. And I don't just want to bring light to that place for your benefit, but that place is going to become light to the world around you. Take a look at the next verse, Ephesians 5.14. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This was a phrase, a saying that the early church would say over and over again, maybe even singing to one another and to themselves to be reminded that the light of Christ is no brighter than in death itself because there is no darker place in the world than death where we need to see the light. And we see this played out throughout the Gospels. I was brought back to Matthew 28 and the women that came to the tomb on the third day. Jesus was killed on the cross. He was crucified, died, he was buried. And Matthew recounts the scene this way, verse 1. After the Sabbath, at the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb and there was a violent earthquake and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it and his appearance was like light. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow and the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. And the angel that was glowing in the place of death said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid and then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Afraid, yet filled with joy. Now, when I think about having the fruit of the Spirit growing in my life, I'm just going to be honest, I said it before, I think of that growing in happy places. I think of bright and sunny skies where God wants to grow love and joy and peace and patience in my life. But what about that same fruit growing out of the places that are broken? that are dark, that are dead. A lot of you nodded your heads, and at home I'm sure you're doing the same thing, and so let me ask you this. What if somebody told you that love can grow out of your broken heart 
the most broken place in your heart? What if someone told you that joy can grow out of your deepest depression? What if you heard that peace can penetrate the noise of hate? What if you heard that kindness can grow out of savagery? The kind of things you see on the news and in the world and in too many of our relationships. What if you heard that faith could grow out of infidelity? Now we're really talking, aren't we? I mean, isn't that the fruit we all need? Isn't that the fruit we really need? Not the flowery, surfacey, good sermon series for the summer kind of fruit, but isn't that the place we really need to go? And, and are you afraid to even go there? Are you? I mean, come on. And at the same time, if it's true, are you filled with a little bit of joy? That maybe it's actually possible That's how the women felt when they went to the tomb. That's how the women felt when they went to the tomb, to the very place that represented the death of their hope. It was the worst thing to have ever happened in their life for Jesus to have died. It was the worst thing. So whatever the worst thing is in your life, this was worse. And there was hope that it could all be reversed. And if it all was reversed, not reversed, but pulled through, even more than that, redeemed, if that could be true, terrifying, and yet, oh my goodness, can't even comprehend how that could feel. That's how the women felt. And if we turn over to Luke's gospel, here's what we'll see. We can see now and follow the timeline to what the women did. They were told by the angel, you got to go tell the disciples, remember? Judas has since taken his own life. There's 11 left. They go to tell the disciples, and in Luke 24, 11, we read what happened. It says, they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. And just be honest, I can even see it on some of your faces, and I felt it as I was reading it, so I'm with you. Don't you feel the same way? (laughs) I mean, back when I said love can grow out of a broken heart, how can love possibly grow out of a broken heart? How can joy possibly be born out of the deepest of depression? How could peace possibly come from hate? How could Jesus, how could Jesus, who who these men watched with their own eyes, be arrested and tried and dishonestly convicted, brutally beaten, killed, hung on a tree in front of everyone. How could he possibly be alive? None of the disciples believed it. And all but one wrote the whole thing off. All but one. Peter. Peter, look at the next verse, verse 12. Peter, however got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what happened. Peter. Peter, the disciple 
who was given a new name by Jesus, a new name that means the rock, right? And he was given this new name because he is the rock off of which Jesus intends to plant and build his church, a rock that when Jesus was arrested and beaten and killed and people asked Peter, the rock, do you know Jesus? He said, I don't even know him. And he didn't just do it once, right? He did it three times. I don't even know the man. Never heard of him. Don't want to know anything about him. I don't know him. Not my friend. That's what he said when Jesus was dying. And for the last three days, Peter has been wondering to himself, is there anything different I could have done? He has been tearing himself apart from the inside out, for not stepping up, for not being the rock that Jesus had called him to be. Instead, he did the very thing that Jesus told him that he would, and he said he wouldn't do it. Remember, Jesus told him. He said, you will deny me, not once. You'll deny me three times before the rooster crowed, and it happened, and Jesus died, and Peter watched it which is why he could not believe that Jesus was alive. Just like the other disciples. But because of his depth of guilt, because his shame, because he knew that there was a place in his life that was dark and broken, because of all of those things, he was the only one that went back to the tomb anyway to look and wonder and grab the, the cloth and say, could this be true? Because if it is, then it would change everything. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 5, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Could Jesus shine on me, Peter? That's what he said. Could his light of faithfulness grow out of the moments when I wasn't faithful? Could his hope come to the place where I rejected that very hope that for three years he poured into me. God says it can. And God says it will. And in John chapter 21, Jesus reaffirms Peter's calling. Peter's wondering, am I still going to be the rock? And Jesus asks him not once, but multiple times, do you love me? And he says, I love you. And he says, go feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Go feed my lambs. Do you love me? You know that I love you. Then follow me. And what Peter would learn is that the rock on which Jesus would build his church would not be a perfect tree in the middle of a perfect field, but it would be a seed planted in darkness that was brought to life by God's light of grace and hope and love and forgiveness. Peter would not be an example of perfection. He would be an example of redemption. And that is the rock on which God would build his church. And that is the life 
that Paul calls us to live in Ephesians 5.15. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Another way of saying that is to say that the days are dark. But in Christ, you're invited to the treasure box. And you're invited to the treasure box not because you were good, but because he is good. And not because by yourself you can glow, but because his presence is in you, making you glow, and the world needs you to glow. The world needs you to glow because the world is dark. What God is calling you and I to be is glow-in-the-dark Christians. Glow in the dark Christians that we would carry that light into the darkest places in this world that fruit might grow. And what Paul is saying is that the way that that very work in you begins is allowing that light to penetrate the dark places in yourself first. That the brighter that that light grows in you, the brighter that that light will glow to the world around us. Ephesians 5, 17 through 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I love that verse. Because we all know what it means. Paul is saying, allow the Holy Spirit to so infiltrate your life. This is the theological phrase that I like to use. So that you are drunk on God. (laughs) That you are inebriated on the Holy Spirit. Pour out his grace. Pour in his forgiveness into the places that people don't even want to talk about. Your addiction. That mistake, that betrayal, that healing that you need that you cannot find and have no place else to turn to. Fill it with the Spirit of God. Fill it all. So that not unlike being drunk on wine, the Spirit of God would infiltrate your judgments. That it would would influence your words and that eventually it would light up the world around you. Because, friends, I could preach on every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of them, over and over again until I'm blue in the face and the Lord takes me home. This is what it looks like to love. This is what joy looks like. This is what peace looks like. We could do that over and over again. And my bet is that we as a church and me as a person will not walk away seeing any more of that fruit in our lives than when we began, which is why the thing we need to do is allow God's light to shine in the darkness of our lives first. And the world will see that. And that's the rock on which God builds his church. And so let's ask the Lord to do that in our lives right now. Lord Jesus, I just have to admit to you that this is not the sermon I wanted to preach. 
at the end of a series in the summer and the fruit of the Spirit? But it's the message that you have so clearly communicated through your word. And it's a place where I see in my own life so many instances where I have fallen short, where I am striving to find your fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, Lord, I even have them memorized. And yet, I still find it so hard to ask you to shine your light in the darkest places. The places where I'm still feeling broken. The relationships that I still have not reconciled. The people that I still have yet to forgive and I am carrying hate. And your word says that I believe that it's true that if I allow your light to shine in those places, that's the place from which you want to grow fruit. You want to grow love out of the places that I have hated. You want to grow peace out of the places that I have been noisy and broken. You want to bring kindness out of the dysfunctional corners of my world. So God, help us all to be aware of those places and help us to get drunk on the presence of your spirit. Help us to pour your truth into each and every corner that we would know just how deep and far and wide your blood has been shed to cover and to redeem. Because that's the message that the world needs to hear. So many times, followers of Christ, we can be the worst. We can point at the fruit and not point the world to the places in our life that are so unlikely to see that fruit grow. That's the way in which you call us to live. To say, world, look at me. I'm broken too. It's by the grace of God and his truth and his light that I'm just like Peter. I've rejected the Lord. I've made mistakes. And God has grown fruit out of each and every one of my weaknesses because when I am weak, he is strong and he can be strong for you too. The world needs to hear that message. And so may it begin with me. It is in Jesus' name that we pray.